do, do, do. You better watch out. You better not pout. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Curious. <laughs> Curious George is coming to town. <laughs> All right, well, welcome back, listener. We're glad to have you here. Today, we'll be discussing Curious George episodes that we've all viewed and our thoughts on at least the episodes that we've watched so far and Curious George as a whole. I think some of us have watched more Curious George than others. Um, Me. I think all of us have watched a decent amount of it. I've watched some with my kid before we started this podcast. So, mm-hmm. um, And I know Jesse's watched a lot of it. So, Who wants to take over? <laughs> I could start since I watched the first ever episode, if you guys want. Yeah, oh, yeah. Go, for go for it. So I chose to, I, I watched several episodes, but I chose to start with Curious George Flies a Kite slash From Scratch episode one, season one, because I have the book, as I discussed in the last podcast, and I wanted to compare them. Basically, they only took the kite thing from that, which I mean, it's in the title, so that makes sense. So in the book, Curious George has this whole interlude with rabbits at some point. And he, like, meets a baby rabbit. He loses a baby rabbit. This is all before he even flies a kite. And then he flies a kite and goes off in the air. In this episode, he meets a friend and there's, you know, they, they interact and he gets on the kite and he ties it to his wrist. Instead of holding on to the book, he's holding on to this. He's, like, tied to it, which is, I can't say which would be better, honestly. I'm like, <laughs> at what point when you realize you're flying miles in the air do you grab the string regardless of how you're tied to it but he gets taken off in the air because he's just a little monkey and this one he has a squirrel with him the bunny in the book does not go with him in the air it's like a a, an encapsulated piece of the story like he does the bunny thing and then he does the kite thing and there's a fishing thing wow he really there's some ground it's a long i told you it's 80 something pages it's a long book uh for a kid's book it is we usually read portions of it because i'm like not he picks it as the last book before bed because he's okay. he's not playing around. We asked him to pick one book one time, and he brought us the whole children's storybook Bible, and I was like, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's cute. Let's just I see to the part there. where Jesus comes back. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> biggest book on the shelf. But uh, so what I did find interesting is they changed, you know, little things here and there, make it more interesting, I guess. But they changed the way the man in the yellow hat rescues him. In the book, the man in the yellow hat somehow just has a helicopter and it's able to get it up in the air to go rescue George <laughs> before George drifts out of sight, which is surprising. Also, right. as a person who's been around helicopters and actually been up in a helicopter, getting anywhere near a monkey in a kite or hung from a kite string in a helicopter, you're going to kill a monkey. Dangerous. Yeah, I was going right. to say, yeah. how, <laughs> how did he not get down. sucked up into the blades? Unless <laughs> you know some kind of... Blades, cut by the blades, right. blown away. <laughs> I'm just... Like, I, so I, I, I know what the helicopter looks like, and I'm just visualizing them t- doing that. And like... <laughs> You just yeah. see blood splatter, and they're like, okay, well, this John, is a bad no. idea. <laughs> yeah, well, so so in the book, it's like a mosquito-style helicopter where it's kind of like the bubble and then like the... So it's like a really lightweight helicopter, but still, it would not go well. In my, I mean, at the very least, you're going to blow the kite further. You're not going to be able to approach the kite because you're going to just blow it away. But uh, in the show, the Menil hat somehow from the country house, which seems to largely be on mostly flat ground, manages to get a hang glider in the air in three seconds <laughs> flat. 
I'm like, um, okay, I got some questions about, like, how did you get the, maybe you had, like, a tower, some a silo, I don't know. And he's up there with, the, steering that thing around like a, like a boss, makes several attempts, makes an attempt, misses, circles back without, like, losing too much air. Let's go <laughs> of, <laughs> he's, you got two hands, right, on it, that's how you steer it, that's how you maintain control. He uses one hand to grab George. And then George puts one hand on the bar, and then the man in the yellow hat uses his other hand. Now, one hand on George, okay? Bear with me, listener. One hand on George, one hand reeling the kite in. And they're still in the air somehow. All right, I'm done. (laughs) So, episode one, season one, George dies in a kite accident. (laughs) And 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 so does the man in the yellow hat. And the squirrel, because it was a squirrel riding along with George on the kite adventure. So, yeah, darker timeline, everybody goes down, end of series, this never got off the ground. So I think... Not to get off on too far of a tangent, but should we, should we replace the darker timeline with more like a Deadpool-themed uh, Curious George? Because just like, cause in my mind, the gore of it and the like almost, almost dark humor of it, it's, I don't know, kind of, kind of goes in a Deadpool direction. I don't know. Maybe, a little maybe, bit. Okay, it's it's a little bit of a tangent. It's not important, but that's what we're talking about, listener. When we're talking about the darkest timeline, we're t- we're talking about taking this cartoon and just making it a little bit more fucked up. Well, it's it's the more realistic outcome. Yeah. In a in a Deadpool suit now. Thank you very much, and I can't right see now. it. I, and it's, it's it's beautiful. Well, <laughs> they they put him in an astronaut outfit, which I love. They had an astronaut outfit. Ready for a monkey. Well, yeah, don't you know we hey. put monkeys in space first? Yeah. Gosh, John, get with the times. <laughs> but they just had it. Like, just, they just didn't have to right order there. it from somewhere else. They were like, you know what? We might have a monkey at some point, so we need to keep this in stock. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that it was in George's size because, I mean, I believe it was chimps we sent first. There is some theory that George is a chimp, but we really think maybe he's a macaque. I don't know. A macaque is much smaller than... A macau. Macaque? Macaque? Macaque. It's a macaque. I called it a macaque the last time. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Also, they had a helmet for the man in the yellow hat, which outlined his hat, so he could keep his hat on. That's actually actually more unbelievable than the spacesuit for the monkey. Like, the spacesuit... Dear listeners, the background laughter. That was... Is our dear friend the number one fan, other Jesse? Because when you're going to space, John, you gotta be practical. You gotta have somewhere to be for your hat, you know? You gotta have fashion statement. Oh, Lord. If he didn't have the yellow hat, he'd just be the man. So we can't can't have that. Wasn't there an issue uh, with this latest, uh, one of the latest space missions where they had to, like, scrap the whole mission because the suits didn't fit the women? It was gonna be the first time that two women, it was a soul, it was a, it was a, a spacewalk where it was all women. Right. And it was two women at once doing a spacewalk because they've had like one woman, but they haven't had two at once. But they only had one suit to fit a woman, one so they had to scrap right. an but entire they spacewalk. Custom, but they made a custom helmet for the man in the yellow hat yeah. for his hat. Obviously not NASA. <laughs> <laughs> it was really? Elon. It was Elon. It had to have been Elon. He's <laughs> like, yeah, dude, your your hat's cool. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, that seems like a thing that that Musk would do. I totally so, get it. Yeah. So that was George Flies a Kite. Do you want me to do the other episodes or? 
Well, that now? is. Did you did you do both halves of that episode? Yeah, I, I did finish. That. So the from scratch episode, I got most of the way through. I so. I had told my son that he could watch one thing, and when the credits rolled, we'd turn it off, and I thought it was over when it did the little title part. So I turned it off, and he told me that it wasn't over, and he was right. Whoops. Um, but I watched it this evening, and there is an Italian restaurant, and they have a cat, and the cat is scratching the seats, but Curious His George goes... His name is Gnocchi. Oh, yeah. Gnocchi. Gnocchi, the cat. Gnocchi, the cat. which I thought was yes, actually hilarious. I called it Pischetti when I was a kid. Like, that's legit. That's a legit kid pronunciation, which yeah. will come into my analysis later about how right. wonderful a show this is. Because, I mean, leaning in on the whole, like, kid thing. It's adorable. They they had the cat Gnocchi who was scratching, accused of scratching the seat. And George went to the science museum and talked to, to the scientists on the picture, in yeah, the pictures in the on the wall about how to do science. And then comes back and starts basically becoming Detective George and trying to discover if it was indeed Gnocchi scratching the seats and honestly had to turn it off, but I I believe he was about to clear Gnocchi's name. Um, (laughs) I I didn't get to that part. So actually, in the the dark timeline. uh... (laughs) Yeah, so this one, like, this was, like, really low-key for George. Like, nobody's going to die. Nobody's going to, like, we're not flying through the air. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You didn't finish it, so you don't know. So yeah. what happens is Gnocchi <laughs> okay, goes to the gallows because he's convicted. He's found guilty Obviously. without evidence. Clearly. So Jennifer and hung um, for his crimes. I actually, <laughs> I actually watched that episode recently. Uh, so I am going to say my version of the darkest timeline is so they go they go to the restaurant because they want this dessert thing. I forget what cannoli. it was. Cannoli. Cannoli. Right. They want cannoli. And the chef is too depressed because he has to keep his cat outside because she's scratching the seats. And so in the darkest timeline, in my head, he acts like an ape and becomes extremely violent and kills the cat. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. So oh there's no. there's that. Second of all <laughs> Stop there's uh, more. Yeah, there's Jesus. there's there's a little bit more. Actually I forget what I was gonna say, so ignore that. There is no more. There's no more. It doesn't get darker than that. <laughs> no, I was I was actually going to comment on the actual ending of the episode, and then I forgot what I was going to say, so it doesn't matter. Oh, that's Listeners, all right. ignore Noki it. Noki turns out all right, everybody. It's in, in the show. In the darker in timeline, sh- maybe, maybe not. No. Right, yeah. No. Oh, oh, I cute. remembered what I was going to say. Oh, no. Oh, okay, all so, right. And again, this is, not, this is not dark. I just wanted to say, Jennifer, you turned it off before I, what I think was the best part of that episode. So George is running around and he's getting all this stuff to measure the cuts because there's cuts in the door and there's cuts on the seat. So he's measuring both mm-hmm. of them to compare them. And so he's going around. He goes up to one table and he's messing with the cuts. And the, the table is like the people at the table, not the table itself. <laughs> the people at the table I mean, are like, hey, waiter, can we, get some, can we get some garlic <laughs> right. bread? And then uh, he goes up to another table and the table's like, I think he's reviewing the restaurant. He just took some of those people's yes. pasta. He just took some of those breadsticks. He just took that guy's ravioli. I think he's a he think he's a restaurant critic. And then, and then we're like, it's a monkey. It's yeah, a monkey. and then the, the, guy, the guy who left was like, no, that's a monkey. And then walks off. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I actually really love 
that like that so much of so like what I look for in every episode that I really enjoy is the one guy who I feel like kind of breaks the fourth wall in this where they're just like that's a monkey right and like, the, one, okay. the one out of towner who yeah. doesn't know George and is like I don't know what the fuck is yeah, going on here that's of, just a monkey the one person who's like this is ridiculous y'all who let this monkey in here? And why are there cats in a restaurant? That's not health. That's that's not passing the health code. No. So that one, I mean, that that one was a pretty entertaining. That was fun. It did differ significantly from the book. I think mostly because the book was probably just too long to put in a kids episode, and they wanted to, you know, shorten it. They took the general like George gets carried away by a kite, and then made their own story out of it. Yeah. So you know, it's cute. Um, feelings. I mean, they don't, like, do a deep discussion like Mr. Rogers, but people are expressing feelings. People are relating to each other. The man in the yellow hat is clearly distressed by George being up in the air. Not that he didn't abandon his monkey to go off and get stuck in the air on a kite, but, you know, that's fine. It does seem, at least so far in most of what I've watched, that Curious George lacks racial diversity, but it definitely has a diversity of characters. They have... So... The thing that kind of bothers, like, I'm not, I'm just not 100% sure. Like, the thing that bothers me is the Italian cook. He seems very, like, stereotype. Cartoonish. Yeah. yeah. But, they, yeah. but they do have people of color. Some of the yeah, kids that he hangs out with. There. Yeah. Dr. Well, Wiseman. Mm-hmm. And then, you're like, right, you're you, right. They, they, I don't think that, like, they just kind of have some color, but they don't ever discuss background as far as I've ever seen. So, like, and, you don't know if these are. <laughs> african-american people or hispanic or like what 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 the background is but they have a little bit of color in my Uh, episodes i do talk about too not just diversity like racially but like socioeconomic diversity i think that's it i think that's the only (laughs) other one i can't remember just just that other one just the one other one one. yeah so i mean because there's there's the man in the well well, there's there's the man in the yellow hat and he's very wealthy and he's kind of a man about town and and maybe a scientist we're not really sure but then he's friends with you know uh the the farmers out in the country who are basically like pioneer people and they are self-sustaining and they they do everything for themselves and they're probably not extremely wealthy Um, i mean so i I know it depends so this was made in 2000 it's it was made in 2006 i gotta say as of 2006 anybody who still owned a farm is either wealthy or about to lose the farm like like farming i think I think I think this was not written to that reality. <laughs> of course not. Right. <laughs> but but, uh, but farmers are generally actually not not poor. Well, I wonder what time it's actually set in because none some... of, none of the fashion, none of the cars, none of like <clears throat> the the styles. I feel like correspond. Like in some of the episodes, there's a doorman who watches the lobby who looks very old fashioned, but. Then again, there's perfectly nice places that do that sort of thing all the time. I guess I don't have money. Listeners, surprise. That's right. (laughs) Actually, most doormen uh, just wear cut-off shorts and... (laughs) (laughs) Like those mesh mesh tank tops, yeah. And uh, Crocs. Yeah. Drinking a beer. Pretty much. Uh, Sorry, I'm just going to go ahead and give my ratings now. I think as far as diversity, it scores pretty low. It does have some people of color. It has Dr. Wiseman, who's a woman, who's in a position of authority. She's a scientist. Yeah, uh, I did like that. And she's a prominent figure. But she's the only prominent female figure who's in that sort of position, I feel like. There's not that many others. 
there's no like LGBTQ. Mm. Yeah, 2006. Ever. It was it was very. And much I mean, not. I think that's I think that's pretty uh, typical for American TV shows. Is at the time. Don't, yeah. don't yeah. show that. Don't don't ask, don't tell sort of policy. Right, right. So diversity, I don't. I think it's it's relatively low. It does okay. It is better than many shows. Definitely yeah. better than a one man show. But <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> and then work. I think they show a lot of work. It's not always useful work but there's usually like a task or a thing or a rescue that has to be rescued (laughs) something some work is getting done every episode like you know okay so i also watched the episode where the man in yellow hat randomly is being shot into outer space to fix a telescope i don't know why because it doesn't seem related to anything else that he's done job wise and you know and, and he's learning on the day they're about to yo i had a lot of thoughts about this when i had feelings guys Watching it, I was just like, I, "What? First of all, they're gonna shoot him into space. Oh, now today, like he goes in to get suited up and shot into space, and they're teaching him in that moment how to fix this so highly I, precise, very expensive piece of equipment on a spacewalk, which he's never done. What the? <laughs> anyway. So I, I also have something to say. In one of my episodes, there's also space involved. So yeah. Was that before or after Jesse? Can you tell us that before or after he gets shot up to, to fix the telescope? Say, I think it's before. I want to say it's okay. before. Yeah. Maybe he has some training. You're going to have to fill me in on why he was in space in that episode. Maybe that answers some of my questions. Oh. But then. You'll get but an then They have some sort of <laughs> snafu and they're like, you need to send another person with you because we, the great scientists who have devised this. Y'all, I don't know if you're aware of how space works, but planning these trips takes a long time and a lot of thought. They're like, we made it so that the door automatically closes and locks. You don't have to worry about that. And nowhere to open it from the outside. Oops. Like, literally, they're shooting him into space moments from now. And they're like, my bad. We're just going to lock you out in space. You're going to die. In the vacuum of, thanks for fixing our telescope. And they're like, oh, wait. We can send another person to open the door for you, but there's not space. Let's send the monkey who breaks okay. everything and nearly kills everyone. Can, can I cut in here just for a second? Yeah, because go ahead. I did find an article that the title is basically Why Are All the Men and Curious George Like Effing Idiots? They're men. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. Uh, well, I, I want to say that one of the episodes that I cover, Dr. Wiseman, I lose a lot of respect for her. Oh, no. Uh, so we'll be discussing that later. Maybe where are all the characters? Yeah, all, all the characters. Uh, like, well, that was, that was one of my things. Like, in some of the episodes I watch, the kids are doing, like, sort of dumb things. You know, like kids do. But George winds up staring at them, like, and he's got a look on his little monkey car- cartoon face. Like, this this person's an idiot. And I really wanted to retitle those episodes, George learns that humans are dumber than animals. <laughs> I mean... Many times, it's true. Yeah, well, you know, after the last year. Anyway, um, so so there's usually work. But in the space episode, they send, they send the monkey who breaks everything, ter- you know, is just a terror. And, of course, he gets up there and breaks the man in yellow hat's tether so he can't go on the spacewalk so they send the monkey who literally just snapped a life saving tether <laughs> out into space because he somehow still has a tether I'm like why can't you use the monkey's tether yeah, also why do you have a spacesuit for a monkey but he was only up there to open the door why is there a suit that fits him even in here like you didn't have space for a human but you had space for a monkey and a suit I'm sorry wait 
So they send the monkey on the spacewalk to fix the highly precise, very expensive telescope because he just broke a tether. So obviously he can't he he can't let the, the man in the yellow hat. You should trust him with your telescope. Telescopes are expensive. I'm I'm just gonna say we don't want normal. Like I'm not certified to work on it. I couldn't do it anyway. Whatever. <laughs> The monkey, it was a wild episode, but work happens on this show, okay? I don't know why or how, but it does. Why is the man in the yellow hat being tasked with fixing a telescope that he doesn't know how to fix? Anyway. Nature, there's, on the Flies a Kite episode, there was lots of nature. They went to the to the uh, country house. By the way, the man in the yellow hat has a country house and a city residence because talk about some socioeconomic diversity. Right, um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what is what does this man do? Because what it's does he not, do? He goes into not, space randomly. Right. I guess it pays well. Risking your life. Maybe for the he's a in guinea space. pig, and he just gets paid. <laughs> Maybe he's a daredevil. Really? So yeah. He, he got into it with scientific <clears throat> experimentation, and he's like, "Sure, I'll take these pills. Are you paying me for it?" <laughs> right. And yeah. then it got to be like, "Sure, I'll be shot into space. Are you paying me for it?" Right. Sure, I'll go to Africa and steal a monkey for you. What's you, in it for me? Are you, you're, you're paying me, right? <laughs> Golly. So. And then so as it turns that. out, he's a very good investor. Apparently, right. clearly, clearly. So nature, they have they have the country house. They also have flowers and all that in town too. Like it feels like there's there's plenty of nature. There's the park. There's the bunnies in the book. There's the squirrel in the flies a kite. There's you know a lot of animals and plenty of nature. George explores. Oh, what was the? He went to do Africa in the other episode I watched. He went somewhere and met some other monkeys and floated in the river. He was in the and, Amazon. He was in the Amazon. You're right because it was an Amazon dolphin. I was like, he floated yeah. in the river and there was a dolphin. It was an Amazon dolphin because that's where they have dolphins in the river. I feel like there's enough nature. Not every episode has as much nature, but, the, you know, it comes and goes. Um, inventiveness. Well, y'all, I mean, they sent a zookeeper. <laughs> I don't know, a guy with a yellow hat whose qualifications are he has a yellow hat and a monkey into space. That feels pretty inventive <laughs> to me, if not completely reckless. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> also, you know... Why is the, the, a monkey that's doing a detective investigation with ravioli, he's using the ravioli to smush it into the scratch marks to, to clear Gnocchi's name, which I was like, my ravioli must be more well done than yours. I don't know. But that's very inventive, uh, in my opinion. There's lots of... I don't think there's a ton of make-believe, like... Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the situation is George is curious, but he's not... And he is imaginative in his own way, but it's not make-believe like I'm making up an imaginary friend per se. It's more like... There are episodes where he he and Betsy and Steve will... There's like a whole episode based in their pretend world. Okay, okay. okay. And and there's also an episode where he's dreaming. Yeah. I have seen something like that. So... And, and then also, he, yeah. he, he talks to the paintings in the museum. So there's a fair amount yeah, of... Yeah, you're right, you're right. It's not a main characteristic, but it's definitely there. And how are we defining messenger? Because I feel like this whole show is a bit of messenger. Yeah, me too. I space. feel like there's a ton of messenger. Uh, so, I de- yes, I defined it as like every episode deals with something going wrong or somebody freaking out or like you know it's not always perfect and happy and wonderful things until the end except in our timeline right yeah exactly (laughs) except when john always kills everybody in the darkest deadpool timeline yeah yeah in in the darkest timeline the man in the yellow hat is a floating skeleton in the void of space right now (laughs) (laughs) 
The one in which Curious George doesn't let the men of the yellow hut back into the rocket. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, you're going to trust the monkey to let you back in the door? I, I mean, I know he ended up doing the spacewalk, but that's why they sent him up there. And I'm like, this is the monkey that breaks everything and screws everything up and literally took all the wallpaper off your bathroom walls. I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway... Uh, that's a different episode, the wallpaper episode. That was one I watched a while back and don't remember much of, but that stuck out to me because it seems like something my kid would do. But on the whole, I feel like it got decent marks. I'm not going to give it a number, but it got decent marks on all but probably diversity. It does okay. It does better than many shows on diversity. It doesn't do better than, say, Sesame Street or even Mr. Rogers. Um, Mr. Rogers was groundbreaking with its diversity, but it does decently. It does okay. On the whole, I approve, except that I hope it doesn't yeah, give, give my it kid a, any give bad it ideas. Out of, a, out of a 10, like... One for 10. 10. Um, I give it like a 9. I let my kid watch it without a whole lot of guilt. I do worry that it's going to give him bad ideas, but it doesn't seem to be doing that. Exactly. So. That's my main issue with the show. Is like I have to sit there and be like, oh, George should have asked Man in the Yellow Hat if he could. Yeah, he George could should have that. asked for help before he did the thing with the... Right. Don't <laughs> grab sharp stuff off the counter. Literally 90% of this episode does not make sense. Don't do, yeah. don't do this. Right. This is purely for entertainment. All of this was avoidable. See how we're just terrified? Yeah, don't be George. <laughs> but aside from that, I mean, I feel pretty guilt-free letting my kid watch it. It's it's fun. It's cute. It's enjoyable. I think he understands. It's, it's drawn in such a way, cartoonishly, that it's not realistic. Like, my kid's like, oh, this is real life. And I think at least my kid, being nearly three and a half now, can differentiate between make-believe and real life. Right. We are deep and imaginative play right now, and he definitely knows the difference. All right, so I'll go ahead and go next. So, again, this is going to involve a lot of dark humor, Deadpool sort of stuff. So I watched four episodes, which makes like eight mini-episodes. My first one was Curious George's Rocket Ride and its companion piece, Curious George Station Master. Uh, So I've renamed all of my episodes. Curious George's Rocket Ride is renamed... Dr. Wiseman and rocket scientists do not care if astronauts live or die. <laughs> so here's... No, that seems right. Here's the premise of this one. So Just there's send some, the monkey. This is the space one. And so Dr. Wiseman and Dr. Al Einstein and I forget the other Wait, one. Wait, for clarity, for clarity, a different space one than the repair of the telescope that yes, I was talking about. This is, this is a food delivery one, which I thought was super special. The people on the... International Space Station only have a single peanut left, and they oh. have to deliver food to them. Cut it so, a little close there. Yeah, I know, right? Shit. And so wait, that kind of that kind of uh, harkens to a, oh, what's that one with Fry and they're like a delivery service in space. Yeah. Are you talking uh, about that's... specific Futurama or just Futurama? Yeah, just yeah, Futurama generally. Futurama, like they just they kind of just like. They're delivery yeah. <laughs> space people. Okay, I'm down with that. Go for it. So they, the these three. So one of them is named is also named Doctor Pizza. I don't know. I think that, honest to God, my theory on this guy is he was just the pizza delivery guy, which is what which explains his incompetence. <laughs> he was just the doctor. He was just the pizza delivery guy. He shows up and they're like, "Who the hell are you?" And he's like. I'm Dr. Pizza, you know, being a smartass. And they're like, well, finally, you've been here. Like, it's taken you forever to get here. We need your help. And he's like, well, shit. And he just kept calling himself (laughs) Dr. Pizza, and it kept working. So he got a new job as a scientist, as a rocket scientist. And he just keeps calling himself Dr. Pizza. Um, Oh, my. Yeah, which explains the incompetence. 
So yes. these three scientists, I hope you can hear my air quotes there. Scientists. <laughs> they, they build this rocket to send food up to the space station, and they get the man in the yellow hat to do this. They literally acknowledge that he is unqualified. And so, but they're like, we're okay with it, whatever, no problem. And so he gets in the suit and he's all happy and they're like, all right, here's what you got to do. You got to press these two buttons on these four panels at the same time. He's like, well, I can't do this. I only have two hands. We need to find somebody who's got four hands. And of course, guess who has four hands? George. So George gets to go up. And so they're like, instead of having a totally unqualified civilian, we're going to have a totally unqualified monkey. Because fuck the astronauts on the space station. They, we don't care if they die. They just starve to death. So they keep going with this. George has got the things. They shoot him up into space. He, of course, gets distracted because they send up other things other than food because they're testing how animals adapt to space. And so he lets all the animals out. There's a raccoon, a snake, and a bunch of ants. And he lets them all out. Snakes on a space station. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what you do, guys. Oh, man, I really need to I think ants would be worse. I think Samuel L. Jackson needs to be on the space station if there's snakes on the space station. <laughs> anyway. George, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, so... He gets, you know, he goes monkey ADD and he lets all the animals out and he passes through the window like two or three times before he actually like hits the button and delivers the food and he gets all the animals back in time. Then they're like, okay, now you need to push this lever before you come out of this, uh, this zone or else you could land anywhere on the planet. And he's like, all right, one, two, oh, look, an ant. And they're like, oh my God, no. Okay. And then he pulls the lever and he gets back home safely. In my darkest timeline, of course, they all die because George is <laughs> a burn monkey, up. literally not qualified to do any of this. He's and just like, monkeying around. And that's that's one of the things in this episode they do acknowledge. Like they're they're in that that tense moment, and one of the scientists, Al Einstein, goes, "Maybe we shouldn't have sent a monkey." And I'm like, "No fucking <laughs> shit, Einstein! Like for real?" But that's that's how they acknowledged it. It's mini, it's a counter uh, episode. Curious George Station Master is about train stations, and you get to see all neat stuff about how, how the trains work, and he basically gets to lead in trains, and they have to come into a certain order. I don't know if that's actually how trains work, but it's, it's pretty neat to watch. I renamed this one Curious George Fucks Up a Train Station, because, <laughs> like, if you're watching this, when, they, when the trains switch places and go on alternate routes to get them in the proper order, they're really close together. They're going to crash. In my darkest timeline, they crash. Everybody dies. It's a horrible <laughs> mess. George is traumatized, and he never comes out of the man with the yellow hats apartment ever again. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Which would save a lot of lives in the darkest timeline. Yes, exactly. My next episode is called Movie House Monkey, along with Cooking Wait, 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 wait. You're not getting to move on without explaining. Did it, did it explain to you in your space episode? I never really heard an explanation for why it is that the man in the yellow hat is going... Oh, no, that in. was... The explanation was he's an unqualified civilian. There is no training. That's it. That, that's what they, they want him to just, be. They're, yeah, they're just like, oh, hey, you're willing? Done. Okay. Cool. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. basically... They're sort of hiring astronauts the way that you hire somebody to be... To a pizza to, delivery yeah, guy. Yeah, to be a pizza delivery guy. Are you sober? Sober enough. Good. Let's let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is that enough of an explanation? That was unsatisfactory. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. So, uh, 
my my main contribution, and I thought that this would this would help, is that they actually acknowledge that he is an unqualified civilian, and they're just cool with it, which is what leads to the title. They don't care if these astronauts live or die. <laughs> so, really listeners, if you want to follow along with Curious George, it's on Hulu. So the first one was season one, episode 14, Dr. Wiseman and the rocket scientists do not care if astronauts live or die, and Curious George fucks up a train station. <laughs> the next one is season four, episode 10, which is originally Movie House Monkey and Cooking with Monkey, which I changed to Curious George star- stars in a Hallmark movie, and Curious George <laughs> and Dr. Wiseman poison a lot of people. <laughs> Then I watched season seven, episode four, Where is Fire Dog and Toot Toot Tootsie Goodbye. Oh my god. And I have two names for this one because I couldn't I couldn't choose. So the first mini episode is Curious George and that goddamn dog is out again. (laughs) Or Curious George and it's called a kennel, it's really not that hard. And for the toot toot tootsie goodbye, uh, I've got Curious George goes full Miss Frizzle, (laughs) because he does, or Curious George gives man in the yellow hat an embolism. (laughs) I like that one, definitely. Although I love a good Miss Frizzle uh, reference for anybody who is unfamiliar, The Magic School Bus is a great show. Possibly the world's greatest book and show series ever. Yeah. And that's actually where I got this from. There's somebody made a meme of like the magic school bus got stuck in I think his name's Arnold's body. The yes. head kid. And uh, then you like you see Arnold like clutching his chest, having a heart attack. <laughs> his veins yeah. are clogged up with a school bus. So that's where I got the idea. And then finally, I watched season nine, episode six, Curious George's Amazon Adventure and Monkey Senses, or as I like to call it, Dr. Wiseman and the man in the yellow hat get parasites and George escapes into the jungle. Season finale, question mark? (laughs) Shut up, man. George returns home. Along with Steve gets the gang kidnapped. (laughs) See, I didn't watch that part. I have so much catching up to do. Oh, man. I think all of these episodes revisioned in my head would make a really great adult cartoon. Like, you know how they make, uh, yeah. make the Muppet uh, people with, like, horrible, horrible foul mouth Muppets? Right. There have been videos have like you. that. I think I should do this with Curious George. I think I'd probably get sued, but whatever. It's <laughs> I don't have money, people who make Curious George. You can't get anything. <laughs> can't right. be a rock. Send, just send me the cease and desist letter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Make better episodes where not everybody would die in reality. Come on, I don't know. Uh, should I should I go ahead and talk about my rating? Yeah, oh yeah, do that. Okay, I I would also give it a nine out of ten. I think feelings wise, I agree with Jennifer. It doesn't directly address it, but it does show it. So unlike Blippy, who's constantly happy, I think that you've got a lot of happiness, but you also have obviously confusion in every episode. Uh, you've got some not trauma, but like. Worry. Yeah, worry. Some distress. Worry and frustration. And just, yeah. I think diversity is probably the lowest scoring one. It, again, it has it, but it could be better. Work, work confuses me. Because again, what does the man in the yellow hat do? He just right. has these random associations with science. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand it. The work is more George's inventiveness along with his mess and junk. 
Well, and there's other people doing work. Yeah, like there, the there is other. Yes. and the doorman and the people rescuing George every king episode. Yeah, that's work. That's true. Ain't easy. I think there's a fair amount. I, like inventiveness and mess and junk. I think score highest because. In every episode, George has to create something that solves a problem. Or he has to do something very creative to solve a problem. Absurdity, I think it's uh, sort of middle of the road. Uh, I think it could do more, but I think it's got a fair amount for what it is. I mean, a monkey that goes into space is pretty absurd. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, like, yeah. I'm talking about like the things where he like envisions the paintings in the museum talking right. to him and telling right. him It's no Pee Playhouse. Exactly. I think that it has a fair amount of that. And I... Sorry, I, I know you don't want this to run too late, but I do have to talk no, about I'm the episode good, where, where I lost some respect for Dr. Wiseman. Please. I know, I'm very curious. Uh, so that one is so that one was season four, episode 10, Cooking with Monkey, or okay. as I like to call it, George and Dr. Wiseman poison a lot of people. <laughs> so in this one, they're doing a bake sale, and Dr. Wiseman is all like, baking is a creative outlet. I love baking. Except she's terrible at it. Over the episode, George is like, okay, well, Dr. Wise, she, he goes to Pischetti's restaurant and he's like, look at all these tools that he has. He's got all these things. So it's displaying kitchen things for children. But then he watches him work, which is, again, a thing that a good show has. And it says, it looks like a good cook just adds whatever he wants in whatever amount he wants, however he wants, and stirs it all together. So obviously... What she needs is the tools. So they go home, get tools. He goes to Dr. Wiseman's place. They're baking some stuff. And they do that whole thing where they're just like, well, okay, just dump it in, do whatever. They bake some carrot muffins, like carrot cake muffins, and they're terrible. And Dr. Wiseman's all sad about it. They go to the restaurant again and ask Pischetti for help. And he's like, all right, let me just check the recipe. And they're like, holy crap, you can do that? And I'm like, and I'm like, you are a goddamn scientist. How did you get this job without like recognizing that you can follow basic, simple directions? So because she's a scientist, so like, cooking is just like a hobby. It's not like an actual, real profession. Well, (laughs) hasn't she watched Alton Brown? Come on. Well, like that's that's what she that's what she learns. Like that's one of the things I think they were actually trying to emphasize was things that things that are creative can be also scientific because cooking is scientific. It's basically chemistry that you eat. Um, Delicious chemistry. Yeah, lovely, lovely chemistry. Um, But (laughs) she's listening to Pischetti talk about well, you have to memorize. the the recipe before you can get creative with things because you have to know what you're doing. You have to have formulas and goes into all this. And Dr. Wiseman is basically like, that sounds like science. And she gets that connection. (laughs) And so like, she finally connects that you can, you can have, you know, hard, hard science evidence facts and creativity at the same time. Um, but Jennifer, I can hear you tippity tapping. Yeah. Sorry. I was, I was just going to ignore it and let it be background noise. But it's fine. Sorry. Sorry. I'll stop. <laughs> Jennifer. But I was just like, how how did you get to this point? And you're like, have you never cooked yourself dinner? Like, she has gotta her be minions in do it. She's she got to be doing takeout. And... She's too busy with her science. Yeah, for real. But she I'm has just Dr. Like, pizza do it. How did, how did she? <laughs> He's always there with pizza. He's always <laughs> there. He's Where always he really pizza. random. That's why we call him Dr. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm just, I'm just like, Dr. Wiseman, what the hell are you doing? Like, how did you get this far in life without 
know how to cook basic shit. Like, you Fair follow enough. directions. That's all you have to do. Um, basic science, guys. Yeah, it's like, that's that's literally like, in science, you have to follow directions first. That's the first thing you have to learn because you can kill a lot of people if you, ha- if you fuck things up in science. So... That's that's the thing that made me just go, Doctor Wiseman. Come on, you're better come than on. this. You're better <laughs> than this. this. I can is, give you that. Yes, this is that's... some man in the yellow hat type bullshit going on. <laughs> I feel like that needs to be a thing. It's men in the yellow hat type bullshit. <laughs> some Doctor Pizza level shit. We right? we found a quote for our t-shirts. <laughs> okay, and finally, I am done. Oh, <laughs> All right, I'll bring up the rear, and I'm going to do mine in a a little bit different fashion. I'll I'll explain the episode, but I kind of, like, just went through and and took notes as I was watching. So I watched Season 3, Episode 10, which is Shipwrecked with Hundley, and also Chasing Rainbows. So in Shipwrecked... Shipwrecked... (laughs) That's going to be fun. Shipwrecked with Hundley, uh, Hundley and George have to work together, basically, after a series of mishaps on a sailboat occur. The sailboat belongs to the doorman. They go out, the mast, or the boom, rather, of the sailboat has a little crack in it. And of course, George finds a way to make that crack bigger, and they get shipwrecked on an island that's owned by a very wealthy character in the show. His name is Mr. Wilson. He's like basically like a real estate mogul, but he has this private island that he never moved on to. They shipwreck there, and then George and Hunley get separated from the man in, in the yellow hat and the doorman, and so they're trying to find each other again, um, and they have to work together to uh, to make it back. And at one point, they set out to sea on the boat. They get swept out, and then it, it brings them back around. What they realize is that, because when they get swept out to sea on the boat, they think that they've come ac- across another island, but it's the same island, it's just the other side of the island. Um, and that's how they all kind of find each other. Um, and so it, it's kind of fun watching George figure that out and like all the series of events that happen before they find each other. The first thing I noticed though, and this is true pretty much throughout the entire series, is that Hundley and George are frenemies. Hunley does not like George. George does not get that. He does not, he's not taking the hint. And I truly believe there needs to be a spinoff show of them basically as the odd couple. I would so watch that. <laughs> I would absolutely watch that. Because, yes, because the, Hunley is very, he's like this very neat and tidy little personality. He likes everything to be, he's, he's, he's like the, uh, the doorman's right-hand man. So, you know, he, yeah. he's also in that mentality of serving people and making sure everybody's experience is just right and perfect and wonderful. And George, of course, is an, a nightmare. <laughs> Like, he just does whatever he wants and, and, and makes huge messes. And so Hunley is not down for that. But I don't know that it's that he dislikes George so much as, like, he dislikes George's mess, but he wants to protect George and make George better. He will. I don't he necessarily usually... think that he, like, he kind of, I feel like he's got this, this wiener dog has a really snooty up. Yeah. He's a little snooty. He's if George right. did not live in the building, he'd be okay with that. <laughs> he okay, would be okay fair. with but that. But because George lives in the building, Hunley feels obligated to George in a way. Okay, I would, so, yeah, I would say sort that. of. Yeah, yeah. They, they, well, and that's what the, where the frenemy thing comes in is they can come together. And George is, of course, friends with everybody. 
Right, exactly. The doorman does not have a name. I've always found that fascinating. They just call him the doorman. I well, think neither I'm, does the man in the yellow hat. That's very true. I wonder what that means. But the doorman also has a lot of fancy shit. He has a sailboat. In one episode, they go glamping. He's got like a glamper and really cool gadgets to go camping with. And I don't know how he's... I mean, he must be one hell of a doorman. Well, that's what I was thinking. Or he's got a side hustle. I was fancy thinking... building. Well, I was thinking whenever you were you were talking about that, I was like, oh, right. I wonder if there is actually any sort of socioeconomic diversity or if everybody's just actually rich and just right. doing and whatever the fuck they want. Right. No, I'll get to that in a bit, because when I talk about diversity, I've I've seen a lot of the well, I've seen the whole thing. I've seen every almost every episode. I've seen everything. Every season, I've seen it all. <laughs> um, and there is a kid named Marco. And that's a really good episode. He's in a few really good episodes. But anyway, so they go out on the boat and they're having a nice time. The narrator uh, narrates for Hundley, it didn't seem possible for one monkey to mess up a whole boat. So Hundley decided to enjoy the trip. Like Hundley (laughs) is super uptight, okay? Mm -hmm. Like he's got to make sure George is going to stay in his lane before he can really enjoy himself. And of course George doesn't. Well, I think also that's really naive on Hudley's part because one monkey fucks up an entire hotel on the regular. On the so regular. Like, come on, Hudley. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you knew something terrible was going to happen the moment he set foot. <laughs> so then I said, here's an example of a parenting fail because George creates a bigger crack in the sailboat's boom by like climbing up all the way to the top of the mast and then falling off. <laughs> But the man in the yellow hat does not apologize for George or encourage George to apologize for literally monkeying around. But also, what's the doorman's part in this? Like, he knew there was a crack there. Is that negligence? Jennifer, your thoughts? I mean... That's, that's, I haven't done this type, type of hypothetical since law school, but it could be negligence. Depends on the size of the crack. I'd have to look. It's a cartoon, so I don't think it's going to be very precise. I mean, it's noticeable. Um, it's a noticeable crack. I, I don't know. I mean, if it's open and notorious, I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a long time, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. I've don't lost care. a lot of sleep since, since I did these types of hypotheticals, partly doing these types of hypotheticals. So right. um, maybe negligence, okay. but you'd have to litigate it. I'm sorry. Right, yeah, it's so. Could be. Could so be. that's where I was like, you know, I would have been like George. Probably blame your own, blame your bro. Right, and George also don't, you know, like you've, you've made a terrible mistake. Let's uh, let's own up to it. So they, I described Mr. Wilson as an extremely wealthy Nixony looking fellow, <laughs> because he really does look kind of like Nixon at the height of his Nixoniness. <laughs> And he, like I said, he created this island. And on the island, there's a big palm tree with a W on it. Have you guys seen It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? No. no. Okay. It's a, it's a movie. Uh, the original has, ah, uh, just something Rooney. Mickey Rooney? Mickey Rooney, yes. And some other super famous people. I can't remember their names now. It's, it's a wonderful movie. Please watch it. There was a remake. And I can't remember what Rat Race. I think that was the remake name. But anyway, so there's a big W, which I like that they kind of like do a nod to that, which I want to do a producers episode where we talk about the producers, because I feel like the two people involved in production of Curious George uh, put a lot of their favorite old films or, or shows in the in the episodes of Curious George. And I just want to kind of look into that anyway. They go and they start to look for wood and leaves and vines to reinforce the boom, which doesn't sound like a great idea, but whatever. 
<laughs> and then George does a toddler thing. So while uh, the man in the yellow hat and the doorman are off looking for twigs and leaves and vines and shit, George is looking around on the beach trying to find rocks and shells. He's like collecting rocks and shells. And I think that's something that a toddler would do. Like they're in great peril. George is collecting rocks on the beach, but that's also how they end up setting out to sea because he he discovers the anchor that's holding the sailboat on oh, shore. Yeah. And he's like, "What's this do?" And he picks it up <laughs> with his with his incredible ape slash. I was gonna attack. say, wait, first he can be carried by a kite, now he can pick up a no. A whole now he can pick up a, a whole anchor, and he and and they they end up uh, getting washed out to sea. Hundley is super pissed. <laughs> and then it shows. Like you do. Like, Fuck George, seriously. <laughs> and now they have to work together as the wind blows them further away. The man or the uh, the narrator comes in at this point and says, "They worked as a team, and found out that they were a really bad team." <laughs> and my my show note was every group project ever. <laughs> every group project. <laughs> I was like, I can relate so hard to that. So, but dear Hundley, right, dear Hundley, <laughs> I know, buddy, I know. I I talked about how this episode really highlights both like recall and and ingenuity, 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 In- right? ingenuity, whatever. One of them, unless Smarts. you're French, unless the ingenuity, because they're trying to come up with ways to to keep themselves safe in like a in like a pickle right and they're 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 having to think on their toes so i really like that about curious george episodes even if it is absurd right i like that they're they highlight like hey here's a thing they kind of they kind of work in macgyvery shit for a monkey to do <laughs> like monkey MacGyver. good reference they stop drifting after uh, they lower the sail again, but now fog is set in, so they remember that the motor also can prepare, propel the craft, so they start motoring after the fog lifts. Wait, I'm sorry. They've, they've had a motor the whole time. Yeah, they've had a motor the whole time, but they forgot about <laughs> okay. it because they're All right. stupid oh. animals. All right. All right. I mean, okay, fair. Okay, we're stupid people. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are, oh, so there's like the side, you know, like. So we're watching George and Hunley out on the sea, but we're also watching the man in the yellow hat and the doorman trying to figure out how to build a raft (laughs) so that they can go out. Because they figure out, they're like, oh, shit, the boat's gone. They must have set, you know, like left. And so so they're frantically working to, like, find logs and and tie them together with their vines and twigs. (laughs) George lowers the anchor after he realizes that it's really important to the to the stasis of the boat (laughs) he's like oh that's what this is for and then uh here it is the parallel show story shows the man in the yellow hat and the doorman working together to figure out how to get to george and hunley but then hunley is still really pissed he's not having any of george's antics and that's one thing that i was like yeah this would be a really good opportunity for george to apologize for getting him into this situation but that doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, at one point, George puts... So he finds the man in the yellow hat's hat on the boat, and he puts it on a coconut. Oh, I guess at oh, this point... No. They, so at this point, they're... No, it's not on the boat. They 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 did uh, they did make it to the other side of the shore. They don't realize they're on the uh, just the other side of the shore yet. Um, but so that they have the man in the yellow hat's hat. He finds a coconut on shore. He puts the hat on the coconut a la Wilson from Castaway and it's which would have been six years prior yeah right it's not it's not the same 
because oh. the coconut is just a coconut. So George is very sad. He's very lonely for yeah. He's got some feelings. Um, but then he realizes they're not on another island, and the way he does that is he realizes that the rocks that he was collecting at the beginning look exactly the same as the rocks he's finding on this island, and he's like, oh, this must be the same island. Because nearby islands couldn't have similar rocks. Exactly. Every island is its own island. (laughs) Has completely different rocks, just, right? you know, that's science, okay? You know that saying, like, every man is an island? Yeah, I know. Never mind. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So George realizes the benefits of getting up high so that he can see so like far around him and make out his position, which I think uh, the show also does a really good job of using the power of observation. They see the W palm trees and they're like, ah, oh, this is the same island. And so they hump it back through the jungle to find their owners. There was a caption. I listened with the captions on <laughs> and the caption when they find the man in the yellow hat and the doorman <laughs> for both Hunley and George's giggles, comma, barks agreeably. <laughs> which is just funny it's very humbly right Works agreeably. so they're reunited uh the boom the boom is indeed secured with leaves and twigs and uh i said maybe monkey shit who knows <laughs> uh, but then they they realize, alas, the man in the yellow's hat, yellow hat's hat, has been left atop a coconut on the island. <laughs> That's where it ends. <laughs> so, so I uh, there were a couple of points where I actually laughed out loud because there was some, you know, just really cute, cute shit going on. Uh, my ratings for this particular episode, feelings, it does high. It's the same as you guys. They never talk at length about feelings uh, and how to handle them, but they do highlight feelings um there's worry there's sadness there's frustration there's relief there's excitement and it's all very clearly expressed not really a lot of diversity on this episode work i mean there's not an office but the characters do have to work together and strategize and take action and nature the whole thing takes place on a man-made island and jungle there's parrots there's coconuts i mean there's like lots of lots of nature around right the sea (laughs) Inventiveness, I mean, the characters display their ability to come up with solutions to a problem, and the storyline itself draws from uh, well-known tropes and and famous movies, but I thought kind of in a playful way. I feel like questionable solutions. Twigs? For sure. Well, and that's the absurdity. I mean, Hunley's character always cracks cracks me up um, because he's so uptight. And then uh, the coconut replacement I mentioned uh, is, is silly, but in a kind of sad way, like sad clown. Um, and then, yeah, the, <laughs> and then like the, the, the leaves and twigs to fix the, the mat or the boom of the sailboat. Leaves and twigs. And maybe monkey shit. Who knows? And maybe monkey shit should be a t-shirt. I'm just saying. Right. Probably. Um, so that's that episode. I do have the second one. Do you guys want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The second one is The Chasing Rainbows. This is the one where the man in the yellow hat leaves children out in the woods during a rainstorm. (laughs) Um, And they have to find their way back home. Um, My title was, well, my my, uh, summary, City Slicker Siblings, Steve, Betsy, and their dark Charky visit the country for the first time ever with George and the man in the yellow hat. 
uh, one of the first things that Steve says is, oh, wild animals. Snaps photo. Oh, God. <laughs> the man in the yellow hat says, uh, sheep and cows aren't wild, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, keep it real. All right. Right. Yes, that's what the, my show note was. Oh, actually, the I'm being shot into space, man in the yellow hat. Exactly. <laughs> my show note was the man in the yellow hat saying, are you fucking serious, Steve? <laughs> For real, man? Like, those are just barn animals. <laughs> God, you're a fucking um, idiot, Steve. Right. And I feel like, I'll say it here, a little bit about Steve. He's kind of a pretentious ass. <laughs> he thinks he's super smart, and he frequently gets himself and his sister into a situation where his sister kind of has to dig them out. Um, so they're kind of like a, like a sibling inspector gadget penny situation. Um, because he's always just like, I'm so smart and I'm the oldest and oh shit, I've gotten us into a situation. Um, and he, he definitely does here a little bit. I would like to remind you that Steve in my retitling episode is the one who gets the gang kidnapped. So fuck Steve. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, let's see. I'm just gonna skip over that. Uh, Charky... Charky the dog is the one that is always running. <laughs> did Jesse just sneak? Yeah, she did. <laughs> my favorite. Charky, Charky uh, is is running wild in this episode, um, and that's pretty frequent in any episode that Charky is in. Um, so it's going to play a um, play a big part. Um, oh, they get to the man in the yellow hat's country house, and Steve calls it a, a short apartment building. <laughs> So that's what we're dealing with here. He doesn't really even know what a house looks like. Betsy brings a lot of books on this trip, uh, which is my kind of girl. Like, good for you. And Steve <laughs> that's thinks... That's why she knows the difference between wild animals and farm animals, Steve. Exactly. Um, but Steve thought it was silly to bring so many books. Um, that's why he doesn't. it's probably going to be integral to the storyline later. I don't know. So Betsy takes some time to teach George about the colors of the rainbow and how to make a prism. I really appreciate that in the show because quite often... There are people who stop and teach George stuff. Like, they don't, they're not like, oh, those are my books, don't worry about it, get away. You know, like, they they spend time over things that they are interested in with George. So this uh, is just a background noise sort of episode, listeners. It is. So we've got this some, is, we've got some really relaxing yes, thunder in the Yes, this is the episode <laughs> where everybody in the, yeah, they're more interested in what, what's going on in the background <laughs> than what we're talking about. Um, Dear listeners. Do shots during this. Do a drinking game. Every time you hear an unexpected background noise, (laughs) take a shot. So, okay, the man in the yellow hat packs the kids and the monkey some lunch. George puts the book in the backpack, and they go up into the cloudy mountains. What could go wrong? Well, the man in the yellow hat lets them out of the car, says, I'm going to go to town to buy food for dinner. And then Thunder Rumbles exactly like this. They they came from town, yeah, exactly. Okay, hold on. Stay with me. (laughs) This is actually the perfect episode for Thunder to be in the background because as soon as he says it, there's a rumble of thunder. He looks slightly concerned and then he drives away. He's like, he's basically, he, he says something like, it's, I think it's just supposed to drizzle, but if it, if it does anything else, just head home. George knows the way and he leaves. Oh God. <laughs> um, and so I, I feel like it can't be stressed enough, but the man in the yellow hat has left someone else's children in the middle of the woods in a thunderstorm and in the hands of his primate. (laughs) (laughs) Someone else's children who are so unfamiliar with the wilderness that they thought cows and sheep. Exactly. They don't know what a house looks like. Only one of them. (laughs) 
Only one of them does. Right. Betsy's smarter than all that. Right. So um, they find a rainbow. Um, Steve is looking around for moose. He, they, I mean, they're they're kind of exploring. It's not like it's moose. Like, yes. Where is yeah, this? Exactly. Moose are not friendly, listeners. Do not look for. Don't moose. go look for moose. He's looking for moose. He doesn't know cows and sheep are domesticated. He okay, does moose not will, know that moose, moose are violent. Stay away from the moose. Okay, go on. Um, that comes up later. <laughs> of course. Spoilers. So, so while Steve is looking around for uh, moose. Uh, George pulls out the rainbow book and notices the leprechaun in the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and is like, oh shit, there's gold nearby because they see this rainbow <laughs> in the sky. He of takes course. off, Charky takes off, Betsy takes off after Charky and uh, 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 George, and Steve is so busy looking for moose up in a tree that he doesn't <laughs> notice. Then he falls out of the Steve. tree. Um, he gets left behind because he falls out of a tree and somehow doesn't manage to break his stupid neck. Um, and this is how he gets lost. And then Betsy finds George and, and, and Charky. Um, they chatter about the pot of gold. <laughs> Betsy wants to find it too. <laughs> and she's like, I guess it's, no, you know, we, I guess we could do it. <laughs> so the, what, they, what they decide to do is instead of going back for Steve, she's like, I'll just leave a trail of cookies. <laughs> and I, my, sh- my show note is, guys, this is the beginning of a horror film, right? <laughs> And I retitled this one, John, I retitled this one, Curious George and the Witch Who Ate His Friends. <laughs> so, so Steve is lost, and he's trying to he's trying to pretend like he's not just like a man. <laughs> he, he's, he's looking around. George thinks he sees a leprechaun. It's a frog. <laughs> then they get, oh, I said, why aren't George and Betsy consulting her books? They don't. Uh, they would know that rainbows are uncatchable illusions, like happiness and decent-paying jobs for millennials. Now <laughs> 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 that's the true dark ending here. <laughs> that's so, the real uh, darkness. Right. Yeah. So instead of consulting their books, uh, they they kind of look around. Betsy's like, "Well, we can't chase the rainbow anymore, unless we can cross the river." Oh god. <laughs> They've of come to a big river. They find a Sorry, boat. Betsy, they... your ox are gonna drown. Don't right, do it. yeah. Yeah, John, you could have a field day with what could happen in this episode <laughs> <laughs> in your dark timeline. They find a boat, they sail off with their new frog friend. Betsy can't lead Steve to the witch with her cookies anymore because they'll just sink in the in the river. Um so now they're not even concerned about Steve. Um <laughs> Steve. Yeah, fuck Steve. Right. Steve stumbles across a cookie, he says. <laughs> He says, huh, the rocks in the country look almost like cookies. <laughs> Sniff, crunch, gasp, it is a cookie. <laughs> That's the exchange that he has. So not only does he think a, a rock looks like a cookie, but he hates it to find out. But he's willing to eat it. He's willing to put it in his mouth. He's lucky it wasn't something else that will be a Tootsie Roll. Exactly. Damn, Steve. So he sees prints, uh, footprints for uh, George and Betsy and Charky, but then he gets distracted by the moose that he's been looking for. He goes to take a picture, and the moose is, like, not having this paparazzi moment with Steve and prepares to charge. And that's when Bill, the little black boy in the, in the episode, comes to the rescue. 
And Bill tells Steve to back away slowly and not look the moose in the eye. So he knows how to deal with moose. He actually is a very, um, he's also kind of pretentious, but he is actually smart. He's very smart. And so, and I actually really want Bill and Betsy to get together. Like, I think that would be a really fun, like, fan fiction for somebody to take off. Maybe it's already out there. Bill and Betsy, like, fall in love. Um, Bill takes Betsy far, far away from her brother. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible, stupid brother. Right. (laughs) Right. So, uh, so he, he says the proper thing to do uh, all the time. And when Steve tells them that, you know, he's lost and he's lost uh, Betsy and, and George, Bill says the proper thing to do is get adult help, which I think is the best thing that could have happened at this point in this episode for children to be watching. Yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they get to the village, Sorry. which is, is you're good. They get to the village, which is not super far away. Uh, and the, the man in the yellow hat is actually right there. And uh, there just happened to be some diamonds also kind of like kicking it in the storefront window where he's buying groceries which reminds Steve about the prism that uh, uh, Betsy was showing George. And he's like, ah, that's why George ran off. They ran off to the rainbow. And the man in the yellow hat says, I bet he went to see the gold at the end of the rainbow. I can help him get home. Then it smash cuts to the man in the yellow hat asking the grocer slash precious stone seller, do you have any helium (laughs) balloons? (laughs) Because that's an appropriate way to... You don't go... You don't form a search party. Why doesn't he just use his fucking helicopter? send up a flare. You don't get your fucking helicopter. Or your hang glider. You ask for some helium balloons. What he ends up doing... Because it's just a lost monkey. Except there's a child with him. Yes. So Betsy and George realize that they're not catching this rainbow. Uh, They float ashore because they're still too far away. Um, and now the rainbow is fading. And my note was hopes and dreams. Am I right, kids? <laughs> I had a lot of fun with this episode. So George at this point realizes he's lost, but then he sees something shining at the end of the rainbow. He thinks it really is gold. So they follow the shining thing. My that see. It's the, yes, it's the helium balloon, I guess, reflecting in the sunlight. Um, and, uh, they go back to the house, um, which is at the, happens to be kind of at the end of the rainbow, which I was like, oh, something better than gold, family, warmth, and not hyperthermiaing to death. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of the episode. Um, so for this episode, feelings, again, they highlight it without saying it out loud. There's a lot of worry. There's a lot of relief, excitement, um. Bill uh, makes an appearance, so there is uh, a person of color in this episode. Um, And he's actually smart. Like, he actually... And he doesn't die in the episode, right? (laughs) Yeah. All bonuses. If it were the witch episode, he would die. Um, He'd be the witch. Take him uh, out, Bill. Maybe so. (laughs) He is, yeah. Uh, For nature, uh, it's all in the woods. There are natural wonders. Uh, There's rainbows. There's lakes. There's rivers. There's mountains. Um, Inventiveness. um, Oh, I did make a note. So while there is a lot of nature, it doesn't seem like there's not a lot of teaching about it. There's not a lot of knowledge about it. There's one moment in the episode where they learn how to make a prism 
but they don't learn about the rainbow itself and how it's not something that you can really catch. Um, so they could, I think, do a little bit better on that. But <clears throat> for the storyline, it, it doesn't work to like understand what a rainbow is. Um, inventiveness, uh, you know, the, the storyline draws from Irish folklore and Grimm's fairy tales, uh, and for absurdity, the man in the yellow hat's helium balloon is, idea is just stupid when you consider all the other things he could have done. Yeah, I think he was, I think he was like, man, in order to be a good children's character, I need to be inventive, so let's not do the obvious shit. Right, Let's get right. some helium balloons and hope they reflect in the sun. Right. It's ex- yes, it, it was kind of a double whammy storm. for inventiveness and absurdity. And then Mess and Junk, um, again, you know, it, it shows how never, not everything goes as you plan. Um, it literally rained on their, you know, their, their weekend. They get lost. Uh, they have to admit sometimes that they don't know what's going on or, or how to get home. So I think, you know, it does a good job of not making everything perfect. But Steve didn't get trampled to death by a moose. He did not, because Bill saved the day. So that's my episode. Thank you for letting me get through it. But I had a, I, so overall, uh, I, I do really like Curious George. There are elements of the show that I just really have to be careful with when I watch it with my kiddo. Because, you know, yeah, if, if you find out that you're lost in the woods and it's raining, you stay put and somebody yeah. comes and gets you. Or, you know, there's just things that I, I have to kind of explain a little to, to my child when we watch it. But overall, I, it's, I, I feel like most kids, especially when they're kind of like three and older, like your kiddo, Jennifer, they kind of understand, like, this is silly. They're, they get the concept of silliness at that point and that there are situations well, portrayed. Although I would say, like, in the Lost in the Woods, going wandering, looking for a rainbow, like, I would probably sit and explain that one to him because that's... Oh, well, it yes. worked out for them. <laughs> yes, it doesn't always work out the way because sometimes you get eaten by a witch. Or uh, you get trampled to death by a moose. Or you drown in the river. <laughs> or you get hit by lightning. Or well, one of the things I, I wanted to bring up was uh, there's so there's a, another German show that we listen to with our kid. And so they'll do the same sort of thing where they'll have a problem and they have to solve it. But right in the middle, in between episodes, it kind of takes a break and says, mm-hmm. okay, well, let's, let's explore one of the aspects of this show and talk about... And it, and it goes into detail with actual real people. Uh, like, I like that. One, one of the things was like... I think they were exploring, like, first day of school sort of things, and uh, they actually interview some, some real kids about how did you feel about your first day of school, what did you do, that sort of thing. And I think that that's something that they could easily do with Curious George, especially in this episode where they're like, hey, kids, if you ever find yourself lost in the woods, the best thing to do is to stay put. Mm-hmm. And give other little pieces of advice like that. I feel like that could really work well with Curious George. And the, the format that they have would allow that very easily. Right. Yeah. I think that would be in the like in the little in-between. Yeah. Yep. Diversity in the show overall. I, I have a feeling they'll be better at it. Uh, they're getting ready to re- reintroduce George. I think they'll probably uh, make sure that there is a little bit more racial diversity. I... I do want to say that they have a little, God, I want to say, I'll just say he's Hispanic, even though I hate using that as, as an umbrella term. 
Um, he's a little Hispanic kid. His name is Marco, and his family like uh, has a band, and there's they they teach anytime Marco is in an episode. There's a lot of cultural uh, learning going on for George, um, and in one episode they go they run out of masa to make their tortillas and so they go on kind of like this quest to find more and they figure uh, throughout the entire episode you're learning how the the masa is made where it's made what has to go into the production of it and I think that's really cool so I do think that that the show gets a little bit better of a diversity rating overall than what you guys were saying earlier but it can definitely go up this i mean like it's probably at a two or a three right now it could definitely be better but it's on the scale at least i had forgotten i had forgotten about marco i had seen some episodes he wasn't in any of the episodes that i focused on for this show but yeah i I do remember that i remember they made a pinata that looked like Hendley. Yes, Hendley. There's also an episode that I also watched uh, yesterday that we didn't get to today. The woman, it's uh, Farmer Rankin's wife, and she invented, like, she designed and built an apple presser to make cider. They talk about the machine that she, and it, they make it very clear, like, I built this machine as a woman. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty <laughs> cool. I'm a woman, and I engineered this cider-making machine. Well, yeah, and that's good because, like I said, they only they only really have Dr. Wiseman right, exactly. in that sort of role. There is some diversity there. You just kind of have to be keeping your eye out out for it. So overall, we like Curious George. Yes. Overall, I think, I think yeah, I, I think I, I endorse Curious George as a good good one to start your kids off with and just making sure that, yeah, you're, you're having, I mean, with any show, you're having conversations with them here and there about what they're seeing. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. that it's, it's, it is good policy to, to sort of make TV watching a social thing. Like you said, it, right. it doesn't hurt to let the, ta- the TV babysit them for a little while if you have to run and make a chore. I think that Curious George is a really good show. I think that it, I, I mean, I kind of blame it because uh, when we started watching this with our kid, he started jumping on the sofa and monkeying around, so I kind of blame George for that. <laughs> yeah. But that might, that might just be a correlation, not actually causation. But it's... Uh... Yeah, it could be. But I also think that Curious George is for a little bit older th- the crowd than, than my kid. Um, he's just about to turn two. And so he's, he's watching the pictures and he's hearing the words, but uh, I think he would get more out of it if he if you were a little bit older. Right. Yeah. And we don't, I don't want to negate the fact either that the man in the yellow hat is a very negligent monkey owner. Like he doesn't understand that when he leaves the apartment or when he leaves George alone and says, be a good little monkey, George is not in fact going to be a good little monkey. Yeah, for real. Well, you think, you know, the first time fine after like the fifth time, come on guy. Like, right. And also, mistakes. let's define good because, like, you don't tell your kid be good. You tell your children things like, uh, don't you know, run off in the woods. Yeah. You know, make sure that you're listening. Like, good and bad are such, such like, vague, vague yeah. words. So when you're saying be a good little monkey, of course, you know, I mean, George isn't going out and doing hard drugs and drinking booze and whoring around. He's not like, trying to be bad. <laughs> he's right. trying he's to be just, good. He's being curious, which toddlers are extremely curious. They don't see that as bad behavior. That's how they explore the world. So he gets into all these shenanigans, but 
and they're fun to watch but you know if you're sitting there thinking about just like you john like your kiddo is sitting there and he starts jumping up and down on the on the if your toddler were actually running around doing the stuff that george were doing there would be police calls (laughs) there would be there would be child protective services involved Um, the man in the yellow hat would definitely be sued for like leaving the kids out or at least court ordered don't come out within 50 feet of my my children so i kind of get the impression that the kids in the show are around like the 10 to 12 age and that's 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 sort of the age maybe i'm entirely wrong that you can kind of get give kids that sort of autonomy where you can leave them at home and say okay we'll be good yeah right Uh, but I feel like there there are some families in bigger cities like that that have that sort of autonomy because, like, right. you need to oh, be yeah. able to get around and do right. things. Well, and there were latchkey kids, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Eight, nine, ten. But he's, so he's treating George like he's that sort of, that sort of age and mentality, but he's He's a not. lot younger. Yeah. yeah. He's... Curious George himself. They they do a good job of recognizing that in some later seasons. I can't remember which season she shows up, but her name is Allie, and she's this adorable little redheaded girl who like is getting ready to start kindergarten. And we watch her start kindergarten, and she and George just hit it off. They are like pals because they both are very curious. They both have their own ideas about like what's going on, and and they're both wildly wrong about. (laughs) that sometimes (laughs) but it's cute to watch because it's like okay now george has somebody he can relate to a little bit instead of all of these older people who are like teaching him here's somebody he can learn along with which i like the probably makes him more relatable to the audience that because i don't think 10 and 12 year olds are watching yeah i don't think so either so yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do with the newer episodes that are going to come out oh yeah because they got it they're restarting it right so Mm -hmm. that'll be fun well, overall, um, I think I think we enjoy Curious George. We recommend it as like a decent show for your kids. Not not all trash and garbage, but um, you know, has room for improvement. Maybe it will in the new episodes. I'm I'm hoping they don't change the uh, the animation too much because I've noticed a lot of reboots. Like they rebooted Magic School Bus, they rebooted Garfield, they re- and it's all like CGI. Yeah. And I get like that's probably cheaper, but my. I want my kid to be able to enjoy older TV, and yes. if all he's exposed to is is that, then he's going to say, oh, that hand-drawn stuff is, I just can't Primitive. watch that. I'm like like our generation was for black and white movies, a lot yeah. of kids. Right. I'm holding out hope for that, Jennifer. That's a really good point, because in, in the other episode that I watched, it features, a, commonly when Curious George is like imagining himself, there'll be a little thought bubble that pops up and the animation of himself in the thought bubble is a lot like the original animation in the books of Curious George. Yes. So they kind of like throw back to that and it makes you smile and it's cute as fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully they'll kind of like keep in with that that tradition of you know, hand drawing it all out and really paying homage to the original character. Right. Well, I think that's, that's a long it. episode. Yep. I think it's that's all we got. You want to doodle us out? Uh, before doodles? we before we doodle, I would like to give a shout out to super fan <laughs> Ben. Thanks for listening. We love you too. <laughs> yeah. All right, doodle us out. Doodly 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 doodle fruitle doodle oodle oodle noodle. That was kind of Jack Black. Oodle doodle. <laughs> <laughs>